All hail, dauntless knight Arthur, who must once again survive the depths of the ghoul realm on a quest to save Princess Guinevere. On this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the seven-year anniversary episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. If you're seven years, all debts are canceled. Oh, yeah. It's like the Jubilee. No, wait, that's 50 years. 49, but close. Whatever. Enough. If you're new here, <laughs> we take a fresh look, not at the Bible, uh, but at movies and <laughs> games from 15 plus years ago. Don't get too close to that. <laughs> I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter powers. I am Arthur, king of the Britons. <laughs> Okay, also for this discussion of the game Super Ghouls and Ghosts, we welcome back aboard a couple of our ship's officers. First, we welcome back Entertainment Officer Nate Henderson. Hey, Nate. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being back. And we also have aboard our games correspondent and tactics officer, Kitos Ruiz. Hello, everyone. I'm back. I'm glad you're back. Who are the Britons? Oh, my gosh. Now that you have a quick flyby of who we are... Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Sure, why not? Super Ghouls and Ghosts, not Ghosts and Goblins, was released November 28, 1991 in the U.S. of A. The average time for Francisco to beat it is 6 hours and 24 (laughs) minutes, because I certainly never have. (laughs) That's unrated, but would most likely be E10, which I think is a function on your keyboard. No, Um, that's like 10... Everyone read 10 and up type of thing. Oh, you sunk my battleship. Oh, my God. Produced by... All right, there's some Japanese names here that I'm about to butcher, and I apologize, but it's produced by Tokuroro. Sure. Fujiwara. Mm -hmm. With uh, programmers being Masatsugu Shinohara and Yoshihiro Matsui. And the music was composed by... Mari Yamaguchi. Good job, Uh, Paul. Well done. Yes. The budget of Super Ghouls and Ghosts is unknown, but the Super Super Nintendo version has sold over a million units since its release in 1991. That's got to be some amount of coin. This lands it in Capcom's top 100 best-selling games of all time. So, out of 100, what number do you think Super Ghouls and Ghosts is? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, let's start with uh, Nate. What do you think it is? Oh man! Well, they made Street Fighter, and there's like a million of those. And Mega Man <laughs> too. And Me- yeah, Mega Man. Mega Man has to be ahead of like this by far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna say I'll just say eighty. Eighty. Okay, Kitos. I'm gonna say eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Just felt like a good number. Anyone in chat want to take a guess at it? Uh, while I contemplate if I want to go for the price is right one dollar. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to say, actually, I'm just going to go right down the middle. 50, Lil Ronan in chat predicts 42. Uh, so, 
Yeah, the answer is 75. 75. So Nate wins. Good job, Woo. Nate. Nice. Wow, well done. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor. Oh, by the way, what was number one? I don't know. <laughs> I was concentrated on this game, not others. Fine. Uh, All thank right, I'll you. look it up while you're talking. All right. L- little Nemo and the Dream Master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else would it be? Capcom uh, versus My Little Pony. Wow. Let's see if any of those factoids factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get to once Alice has located our target game. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. <laughs> By the way, Monster Hunter World is the top-selling Capcom game. Oh, and oh, wow. con- uh, confirms that. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's surprising, actually, that that would be the top-selling. But all Well, right. it's released last year and has sold over 14 million copies since. Jiminy Christmas. Okay. Jeez. Well, maybe that commercial brings back some memories about Super Ghouls and Ghosts, but to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered... Most before our replay, here is our memory mind meld synopsis. For the story, what we remembered is a demon captures the princess, Sir Arthur, starring as a knight in his underpants, attempts to rescue her, slay all the demons, zombies that spawn in coffins, while evil demon dogs would try and shoot fireballs and lunge at you from the dark. Ghosts and all sorts of creatures of the horrific night have invaded this realm, which apparently is a graveyard. Oddly, though, he loves stripping for said monsters while attempting to vanquish them while ro- running up his massive spiral tower that almost felt 3D. But I could never beat it. Oh, sad day. Though, for the gameplay, what we remember is really hard. Hard, hard, hard. You will die often, but satisfying. Platforming action once mastered. Until they make you play the whole game again when you then just throw the controller. And then for multiplayer, uh, there wasn't really any but having your brothers root for you and then be disappointed at the non, non-end of the game is always fun. Just like uh, passing or like more like throwing the controller between us. Once again, rage quit, which happened a lot. So some of that was on points, but some of it was... Incepted. Uh, no, but, everything there is true. Okay, fine. Well, some of the story was not quite right because he right. didn't strip down for the zombies. The zombies no, took his hit, armor. It was like, okay, let's take my armor <laughs> off for you. Wow. Based on those memories, as flawed as they weren't really, what rating did they lead you to predict for this game before replaying it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with uh, Kitos this time. Uh, I I predicted that it would actually be uh, well, I predicted it would be nostalgic. Nostalgic, okay. Yeah. And Nate, uh, same nostalgic. Nostalgic. Uh, Paul, how did you? What did you predict? Let's go for three. Nostalgic, nostalgic also. And I predicted it would be a classic game. Actually, so I don't know if those predictions will pan out. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this uh, Arthurian legend. Uh, I'm curious, how did we all play this game? I played it on the Super Nintendo Classic System. 
Uh, Paul, how about yourself? Super Game Boy. Oh, really? No, no, no. no. Okay. I played it on. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that work? Because um, they do have a version of it. But anyway, uh, I played it, uh, an emulated SNES version. Okay. Because my Super Nintendo was broken. Oh, should do. And Nate? Uh, I played it on the SNES Classic as well. Nice. And Kitos? I played it on the Switch, their oh, new cool. uh, Super mm. uh, NES uh, online system. Very nice, guys. But now let's talk about the things we liked about Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And let's start with Nate. What's one thing you liked about this game? Uh, well, one, uh, it being one of the the earlier games on the Super NES, um, I liked how all the early games really tried to use the Mode 7 features yes, as right? often as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, the 3D thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was a, a, a graphic design chip that allowed games to scale and rotate images as much as they wanted to. The funny thing is, for some of these earlier games, you could tell they just wanted any excuse to use <laughs> yes, it. Exactly. So on this one, like they just zoom into the castle at the beginning, yeah. and <laughs> they try to make it seem like you're zooming into the window, and they like would would use it for other things. So yeah. they just went whole hog with the uh, with the mode seven there for a while before it just kind of became oh, okay mode seven again, and then they kind of pulled back on it for later games, but. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like seeing earlier games and and um and seeing oh okay how did the programmers try to get creative because they were like we've never we've never had access <laughs> to this before what can we do let's zoom into a castle window the so, pixels um, were getting bigger yeah <laughs> like 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 some games it was totally warranted like pilot wings because you had to yeah oh, totally. zoom around stuff but then mm-hmm. there were just other games that you know like for a side scroller I mean one <laughs> yeah exactly but i liked it i like seeing how it's used in the, the earlier games for the super NES. yeah it is sort of a creative way of using uh that technology even though it can't it, it i agree with you that sometimes it's like what excuse could we use to to use this uh but let's go with ketos next was the graphics any part of any one of your likes yeah, yeah. Well, it goes hand in hand with mine i, I love the environments that all the mm. stages and everything mm-hmm. i thought I thought they were all really cool and they're pretty unique. So I never like felt like, oh, this is just, you know, generic fantasy place number 370, you know, each each zone. Yeah, really felt like its own place. Yeah, like it's not like this is generic fantasy zone green. This is generic fantasy zone purple. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. This is the starter zone. This is the underwater zone. This is, you know, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, exactly. The pipes with the Goombas coming out. (laughs) (laughs) But I would have to agree with you on that, uh, Kitos, because the variety of theming and the levels really makes it feel more expansive and epic than the sort of the game clock would have you think of how long you uh, average playthrough would be. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, pretty much each, each area was themed very dramatically different from the one before. And you really felt like you were going on this long journey. Yeah. And uh, even within the same level, um, there would be like multiple environments in the level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like cool. when you go from that, like a uh, furnace area to the, the pillars that spin and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul, how about you? What's something you liked? I thought the graphics uh, were were fun. Uh, going back to what Nate said, but um, talking about the particular art style of mm-hmm. it, the character design, and even the shading of the 
the characters uh, uh, I think added a fun dimension as an upgrade. I'm comparing it to the the NES when you had 8-bit. This is now 16-bit, yeah, so yeah. It, it's a fun jump. Did, so I've never I've never played any other version of no, the, of this should. sort of go- goblins realm place. So did you play you played the NES goblins I, and I ghosts? I played is that the original called? ghosts and goblins in ghosts the arcade, and, and then I played the NES port for okay. that, and mm-hmm. that's not as good as the arcade. And sure. there's this. Um, I think that expand. That's my. Yeah, the extent that's of your all okay. I've played. Yes, that's the word extent. <laughs> yeah, Nate or, or Kitos, have you played any of the other ones? Uh, oh, oh go, go ahead, Nate. No, go right ahead. Uh, all right, thank you. Um, yeah, I I played on SNES, like the original um, console version. Sure. I don't think I've I have actually played it one place else. It was in on on an emulator on my old like black uh black not BlackBerry but blackjack phone oh really it was a windows phone with an emulator yeah it was wow but it did not work very well so imagine that okay yeah <laughs> and what were you gonna say nate oh i was gonna say i've played the the nes version the the um ghouls and ghosts i actually think that one if you can believe is is harder than um what than yeah. this one. Oh my it gosh is, it, it is brutal you um, don't get the upgrades like this <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like I said, when Super NES first started, they they wanted just you know they wanted to take advantage of how cool the graphics looked, and mm-hmm. so they just their first order of business was souping up all these NES games, kind of like Disney is doing now with all the live action. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah. Because they're like, well, we have the technology, we might as well you know make a ton of money, <laughs> and that's exactly what they were doing for the uh, the Super Nintendo games. Super so Mike for, Tyson, right? <laughs> Super <laughs> Metroid. They, they did it for Super yeah, tennis. All their major properties they focused on. <laughs> On first because they were you know they wanted to see what does this look like with this cool uh new graphic upgrade and and it this definitely is leaps and bounds above the the first nes version for sure so mm-hmm. and oh loran adds uh he says the probably going to the difficulty spike you mentioned it the hitboxes were a bit less forgiving on the nes version and the master system i believe had the better version of the epic game oh, okay cool yeah very nice, guys. Well, let's go through uh, one other uh, round of things we like before we get to our classic makers, and let's go with Paul this time. I'm going to say the music. Really? The music okay. is uh, really good between each uh, level, and it's it's not generic, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I really enjoy it. That's funny. I remember on stream, I think... Kitos, you were saying one of our brothers uh, really liked the snow stage music, and I was not really digging much of the music, though now, thinking back on it, I can remember the tunes pretty vividly. Yeah. So I like I, the, uh, the C one when you're yeah, in the sea. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was a fun one. Um, Nate, did the music make any of your likes? Uh, the, <laughs> the music, well, I think it was well composed. Um, 
I just with with the games that require the just the the constant repetition because mm-hmm. of difficulty level, mm-hmm. it actually <laughs> it actually starts to grate a little bit. Like after a while, like for me, it's Pavlovian. Yeah, like all yeah, the yeah. start to start again. I'm like, yeah. you know, I just I know, and it's the cue that I know that I've failed and I'm back oh, in the beginning of the level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that intro. Yeah. It's almost like instill some dread there eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you yeah. listen to the tracks separately away from the game, it's it's kind of yes. Nice. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, what didn't instill dread? What instilled some modicum of joy for you, Nate? Oh, oh, another like. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, just another like. Yeah. I have done. I thought it was clever. Just the the way again they had a lot more capability with the um the graphic systems and things. Uh, I thought the the way that they modified the landscapes as you were playing through the game, just shifts and different things and Mm -hmm. things that you could never do on the Nintendo or the NES because of uh, memory limitations and things. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just kind of, it threw a monkey wrench because you, 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 you see something visually and you're like thinking, okay, I'm going to be going down this slope or something, or I'm going to be, you know, jumping up here and whatever. And then all of a sudden the level just shifts. Yeah. 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 If you've never played the level before, you have to rethink your strategy. Exactly. And then there's something kind of cool about that um, on a game. Yeah. It's almost keeps you on your toes. Like a subliminal progression. Like you're, you are progressing even more than you maybe think you would be because if you're, I noticed that the levels overall are kind of short. If you're just sort of taking them from a, a playthrough just play in a single level if you're especially if you get good at one you can get through it pretty rapidly but i think changing up like like you said makes it seem a lot fuller and longer Mm. um uh kitos let's go back to you what's something uh that you something else you liked some wait classic maker or something i like just something you liked oh okay um uh something else i liked is there was uh I'll get to that later, but I, the, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I liked, uh, Arthur himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought the character design was like, uh, I felt like a knight playing him. It was <laughs> oh, cool. cool. Like, nice. and uh, I don't know. I find, I, I found it kind of, I like iconic that he was, he's the knight in underpants. Like mm. when I, I don't know. It's just something about that has stuck with me forever. And seeing it again in game, uh-huh. I, I don't know. It just makes me smile. So. Okay. Giant I think man, it's funny. baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, that is interesting how the magician can turn you into a baby. Did any of you experience that? That's not- he turned me into like a like a little girl, but not a baby. Oh, maybe he does different things. But yeah, I got yeah. turned into a baby. I saw the magician, but he never like was able to turn me into anything. <laughs> Humble brag, Nate. Oh, it destroyed that magician. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, very cool, guys. Uh, well, then this is, I'm surprised none of you mentioned this, but one other thing I liked was just the variety of weapons. I, I thought that was so cool that you. You, you really you could match your play style with different weapons and almost all of them were very useful in their charge up when you had the gold armor. So I, I really liked the variety of weapons. But <laughs> yes, Paul, you're right. The arrows were the best. Are you happy now? No, but when you charged up with the gold, it all it did was reveal treasure chest that so. was the dumb part of the arrows. It was like yeah. but it was balanced in that way. It's not like, oh well, the arrows are great. For every stage, it's 
I mean, the weapon yeah, itself yeah. is great, but it's the power great. up is not as good. So, what was what was all your guys' favorite weapon? Well, Mine is there the arrows? How about you, Nate? Um, yeah, yeah, probably the arrows. I just thought it was cool because I I couldn't remember anything about the game, so I uh, uh, I uh, just thought it was neat. Like that, I kind of kept discovering new things. Like you said, Francisco, oh, yeah. like, oh, cool. you're thinking, oh, this is as good as it gets, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, the armor, and then it just uh-huh. kind of. So each little surprise there, it makes you really want to hold on to what you have so you can yes. try and get upgraded. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally. I would I restart playing sometimes just because I lost the armor early on. I'm like, nope, I'm just starting over. I need, I, I need to get the upgrades right away. I need my armor. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Well, let's get into our classic makers, the things we loved most about playing this game again. Uh, let's start with. Mm. I'll start with me just because we've kind of touched on it already. This just sort of expands on what we've talked about, like the graphics and the look of this game. I thought it was just overall a really good balance of cartoony with uh, spookiness and this like juxtaposition of vibrancy and gothic design. I just, I, I liked the overall look of this game. I thought it, it was, it never seemed too goofy. It never seemed too... Uh, sinister, never seemed too drab, never seemed too colorful. It's a great just balance and mix of all of those, all of those uh, different plates. That's not the right analogy. Uh, a mix of all of those elements. So, Whoa, not too sinister. I'd hate to see what you think is too sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those creatures were a little too sinister. Well, yeah, me. but they're still cartoony in design. I'd say. Still, I don't well, want to deal. All right. Well, of course not. Who would want to deal with these in real life? Uh, and let, let me, I'm going to go chat real quick because uh, Dale ha- here in live in chat had Classic Maker. He said the opening scenes before the start of the game. <laughs> before we actually played the game. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I, yeah. When you actually have to start playing, man, that's when it just all goes downhill from those opening cutscenes. How about that menu screen? Right. <laughs> I can just play sound effects. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, let's go to Nate next. What's your classic maker? Uh, it, it, it is the same kind of with the, just the cool characters. It looks, mm. you can tell that the, um, the, the, the designers had a, a fun time. I would imagine just designing characters with this new 16 bit graphical interface. You can do way more with 16 bit and a whole lot more colors than you can with the eight bit. So I imagine that they just felt so much more creative in their ability to make uh, different monsters and the way that they they move and the way that just all the different things. I bet the floodgate just kind of opened up and you can really mm-hmm. see it on screen. Everything's very colorful. Everything is uh, very just kind of creepy at times. And, um, you know, I thought they had some really neat characters in it. Totally. Absolutely agree with that. Except for the dumb demon. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Ketos next. What's your uh, what was your classic maker? Uh, my classic maker was actually um, the the weapons and the oh, uh, okay. like the arm, weapons and armor upgrades, really mm-hmm. like the all the equipment of the game was pretty cool. Um, did, I you like say the, your, did you say your favorite weapon, by the way? Oh, no, but I'm, it's going to be in my. Oh, classic OK, OK. Here we here, go. So. Uh, yeah. The the fact that you could upgrade your armor to like the gold armor and then, you know, be able to, um, you know, do these like superpowers with each weapon. Yes. It's so awesome. Yes. Uh, uh, 
uh, it's the same reason I like this, the same mechanic in like Mega Man X, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, yes, yes. It, it was great. It was great being able to charge it up and do that. Um, and my favorite weapon was actually um, the dagger. Oh, you really? The dagger? The, the yeah. laser. Yeah. Oh, the fact that it was a laser that shot <laughs> when you threw the dagger was the coolest thing ever. Like, that's once I figured that out, that's the only weapon I ever wanted. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. love the sound, too. It is so good. Now, did you beat the game, though, Kidos? I beat the first half. Oh, like the one playthrough, essentially. Yeah, one playthrough. No, half of the first level. Doing the second half, I. I was, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was it was it was a little bit of luck that got me through the first half. So oh, okay. Through the second was uh pretty difficult. Gotcha. So. All right, and then that leaves Paul. What is your classic maker? Okay, the thing that I love most about Super Ghouls and Ghosts is that. This game kind of hits a lot of my uh, favorites. Like, I'm a hmm. big fan of the medieval times with the knights and the oh, sure. chivalry in that time. Mm-hmm. You got to save the princess. I totally dig that. It's a side-scrolling game, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then, it is this considered a shmup, a shoot 'em up where you just run along uh, and shoot? I think but, this is more of a platformer than a shmup. I, I could see how you could say it's a shmup, but... I wouldn't call it one, though. But the fact, like you said, up- upgradable weapons and everything, mm-hmm. it just has a lot of those things that I love. And so, awesome. Yeah. The, combining all those together, yeah. Make sure you're classic maker. Very nice, very nice. All righty, guys. Well, those were great likes. Oh, I don't know why I can never remember this. You'd think I'd learn by at some point. But I have one more thing I like, guys. Spirit Blade Productions. Spirit Play Productions since 2006, Pear Franson has been operating Spirit Play Productions to create entertainment and resources that equip, encourage, and inspire Christian geeks. And soon after starting this indie studio, Pater expanded to include a ton more content and community under the banner of Christian Geek Central. I'm personally a big fan of what Pater is doing, and he has a Patreon so that you and I can help keep his ministry going and growing. Not to mention, your support can unlock fun rewards for you to enjoy. And some of those include extra, like free access to the audio dramas that Pear has put out. Uh, for instance, his Spirit Blade audio drama trilogy. I think the first part of that. But head over to patreon.com slash spiritbladeproductions for all the details. That's great because this, I actually applaud you on this one because Spirit Blade, I mean, this is like the spirit realm mm-hmm. and there's a, there's wait there's no blade in there there's there's no buccaneer swashbuckling so why did what what does this have to do with super ghouls and ghosts uh well so it actually goes to our spiritual speculation what i'm gonna be bringing up paul but uh oh stay tuned stay tuned for that but i i will say pater (laughs) pater does uh, cover a lot of video games uh, and recently he did a, like a 24 hour live stream where he just played video games during it. So yeah, I thought I was there. Oh, I saw, I know I you were it. there, Paul. <laughs> I'm just letting people that don't know. Oh, they should go check that out. Yes, they should. Anyway, now that we've covered that, uh, let's get into the trivia. Yeah. 
Let's do some trivia. I think that's a, a wise course of action. Did you all, right. all realize that the crosses in the game were modified from the original Japanese release? So originally in the Japanese release, the the crosses on those graves that would come up in the first level, they looked mm-hmm. like normal church crosses. Yeah. Uh, but in the U.S. version, they appear as onks, which is the sort of that. It looks like a cross, but with a circle at the top. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like an Egyptian uh, symbol for life. Um, so that's, that's the trivia. My question to each of you is if you were to have something etched into the top of your coffin, what would it be? Um, a breathing hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a hole, you want a hole in your coffin for all the dirt to just pour into you. That's fantastic. Uh, how about you, Nate? Uh, a magic eye portrait. (laughs) (laughs) You have to cross your eyes slightly to see. Yeah, you have to cross your eyes slightly, and then after all that work, it'll just be like a slice of pizza or something. No, it should be like your face. Like it's like another way to see your face. It's the magic eye of the look. Don't tell me what goes on my coffin, (laughs) friend. Sorry, you're you're the one that asked that super dark question to begin with. I'm telling you, I want a magic eye of a slice of pizza. What's wrong with that? Totally fine. All right, I changed my answer. I want one that has a sign that says "Don't open until the resurrection." Oh my gosh, guys. Do you want to tell me how to die, Francis? Is that, is, that next, is that the next question? You got to stand too close to the edge as the water comes over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't go out with a riptide. Jeez, Nate. How about you, Guidos? Uh, for me, I'd want etched in words saying "ran out of continues." Oh, that that nah, that one's in my opinion. Uh, and then we have uh, some people in chat. Uh, let's see. Luminix says, I would have a Trinity knot. I'm not sure what the Trinity knot looks like. That's, I think that's like a Celtic that's, knot. Yeah, it's like, you know, POD? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it looks like that. Okay. The yeah. band POD? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then Lerone says, because the Japanese... Oh, this is why they use... Uh, Lerone has explained the change. He says, because the Japanese did care, didn't care, they just... Uh, like the look of the symbols, but the American versions of companies didn't want to offend anyone. Psh. No, I think it's because America has this deep Egyptian heritage. That's why we used yeah. onks. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I <laughs> roll. <laughs> like Dale's answer. And yeah, Dale says Dale is inside. That's <laughs> in case in case the tombstone. Or the placard didn't give it away. You yeah. dig down to the... Those the... often wear away with the... All right, fair enough. Okay, well, now that we've had our, some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about super ghouls and ghosts. Paul, you and me will just take these. Okay. Uh, Ryan R. Jackson says, I remember playing it once with Josh Powers. I didn't I get far. Guy. And I know that guy. You well, know Josh Powers? The one well, and yeah. only Josh Powers. I doubt it. There's more than one. Anyway, uh, Wardell White. <laughs> sorry. I just found out yesterday that there's another Paul Powers at my work. What? So, oh, wow. <laughs> I have another so Francisco Ruiz at my work. I'm constantly getting messages for what? him to me. Yeah. Oh, no, that's you. You know it. <laughs> all right. There's apparently what? a clone of me that lives in the <laughs> same area that people say they see all the time. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. Uh, what? 
Not creepy at all. <laughs> anyway, Dale's comment, okay. Paul. All right. Wardell White says, going up to a convenience store just so I can play the arcade version of the game. Oh, Years nice. later, I would get the home version for the original NES. Oh. Though I would never get very far playing either version, I enjoyed each sound and visual effects. Mm-hmm. The night walking around and just as ugly <laughs> may be much to the to stomach, but the game was fun nevertheless. Awesome. LJ Lowry says, I remember... Or do you want to switch these, Paul, and then I can do my patented Irish accent? <laughs> no. Okay. Go ahead. LJ Lowry... Uh, goes on to say, sorry, LJ Lowry says, I remember that it's stupid hard, but there's also pretty good Rimsker I had on the PSP. I don't know what a Rimsker is. I don't know what a Rimsker is either. Maybe a, a version or a remake. I think that's supposed to be remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. And then the Dapper Man says, super hard, super headaches, super time, super time consuming, super evil. And he's super Irish, so that's what. <laughs> that's a super bad impression. That's what that was right there. <laughs> but speaking of super bad, not the, not the, uh, who's the guy who made moving super on, bad? moving <laughs> on. Uh, that uh, the Dapper Man's comment leads us right into the things we didn't like about Super Ghouls and Ghosts. So it's time for our worst three. Oh, good, you brought Alice in it. I yeah. Did I not? Did I forget? Did I forget for the likes? Yeah. Dang it. Okay, let's start with Paul this time. What's one thing you didn't like about Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Well, other people love the levels and everything. Like, oh, isn't it great? But I was like, really? You have a whole kingdom and it's nothing but macabre, like ghouls and ghosts. Yeah, but where are like the villagers? Where are the people? Where are oh. the. I'm like, where's. Okay. That's a good I... point. They're the zombies. They, yeah, they are the zombies. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> that's even creepy <laughs> the memory didn't permit it <laughs> i will say there there is a wide variety of levels like like you said the sea and then being inside that i guess it's a monster <laughs> stomach going back and forth and and i will say there is differentiation in the levels but it's not like oh where's the circus or where's the what i'm saying is you have a whole kingdom here where it I wanted something a little more than variety than Halloween. That's all. Well, you know what? I totally agree with you on the first level that there should have been other villagers and stuff. Uh, though he does start off in a graveyard, and how many people are hanging out at night in a graveyard? Yeah, yeah, I, that's fine. But uh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I think it would have made sense to have seen something else. When Some I play NPC like a Legend of Zelda game it's kind of like oh there's villagers here it feels populated like in an you know what i mean where this doesn't it feels like oh i'm trapped in another world it's almost like an apocalypse like he's the last man in this world almost yeah (laughs) all right before the millennium oh my gosh (laughs) all right that's fair uh let's go to nate next what's something you didn't like uh i really did not like the um what i call the castlevania jump momentum oh yes oh uh, that's on my next one yeah in other words you 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 went your jump is a dedication and there is <laughs> yeah. no going back and yeah. there is no changing directions or the way you face in midair hey, 
This game follows the laws of physics. Yes, you can double jump in real life. <laughs> no, it actually, it, well, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, to it, to I guess to a point, right? But um, yes. yeah, no, it's uh, it was very. And it, the thing is, I love Castlevania. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite mm-hmm. games of all time, and I just kind of accepted that that is just the way that that uh, there's a Simon in the game or whatever. That's yeah, how Simon. that's how he jumps. Uh, and so you have to kind of train your brain to know, okay, momentum, where am I going to land, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready for that when I played this again. Yeah. I had totally forgotten that it was the same. And I just think I was less forgiving about that. I think with the, the difficulty of this game, it would have it would have benefited them to to, con- to kind of give the control the way Mega Man or somebody yeah, has. Yeah. They made Mega or Man. Brothers, yeah. But mm-hmm. Mega Man has very good control of lefts and rights because you have to dodge all sorts of things. And if they had done that for this game, I think for me it would have been a lot more enjoyable. Well, the, um, the thing yeah. with that though, Nate, is that Mega Man has like these thrusters and boosters in his robotic suit that allow him to go back and forth. Arthur is in the medieval times. He doesn't have any technology like that. Well, well you when you look at it that way, that's uh, that's a good point, Francisco. That's uh, <laughs> don't tell me. Well, he could just use magic. He used magic and all those other things. No, right. well, no, not, I, yeah, I guess a guy magic. throwing, I guess a guy throwing daggers at all manner of beasts and monsters that don't exist in real life. We should be talking about what is real and practical. <laughs> I agree. Plus, wait a minute. He shoots lasers. <laughs> no, no I don't think you can make the tech argument here. That, that's allowed, Kitos, in Francisco's <laughs> world. I don't know about you, but when he's done with this podcast, he's going to sign off and just start shooting lasers around the room he's in right there. That's and doing a double jump. 100% believable. <sighs> I'm going to jump my own height and then jump in midair again. <laughs> No, no, everyone I, knows I do a, sh- a flaming shuriken after these. That's podcasts. right. That's, that's <laughs> anytime he gets angry. I have to get. I have um, to keep the the fire uh, fire. Uh, ex- what's it? Dang it! What's it called? Extinguisher. The fire extinguisher. Uh, handle. There you go. No, just the the jump thing. Just um, like I said, I I can I can totally accept it in Castlevania and and earlier games like that. But for this one, I thought. They could have they could have done a little bit better giving control of the guy at least just to kind of maybe lower the difficulty a, a little bit because it just led to a lot of frustrating moments. For sure, me. that Which I can also, totally appreciate that. Yeah, and that's my second mm. dislike. Go for it, a the difficulty. Mm. I mean, okay, so the first level, I'm powering up. I I got the green suit and then the gold suit, and then I even got this shield thing. So I was like, oh, cool. What does this do? doesn't matter. You're dead because there's a wave that comes by. <laughs> right? And it's like, come on. It's like, I don't even get like, it, it's the, uh. so yes. And, and the whole jumping thing. So yeah, if the difficulty was a little bit more like the other Capcom games, I would appreciate it better. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. A sort of like a more of a gradual balance difficulty, that type of curve well i i think it's in the um yeah i I understand like mega man is difficult especially the original nes games Mm -hmm. where like you have to know where to jump and when to jump a lot of this game is uh, is a lot like that but also like nate was saying the controls of the characters would have been better with okay that's fair uh kitos let's go to something you disliked um 
I don't know if you guys experienced this, but mine, uh, as soon as there were too many enemies on the field, it, the game would slow down. Oh, Just yeah. like the original. Yeah, yeah, it would. But the thing is, it would also prevent new models from spawning. So if you attacked, nothing would come out sometimes <laughs> because there was just too much else oh on the if you like you know you press the attack button like three or four times only one attack would come out instead of all your your attacks oh oh yeah i know what you're talking about now yes 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 i thought that was more of a product of the first attack didn't finish and you only got so many um sort of repetitions of whatever item it was i think they are all set to different things yeah. uh and yeah, that's, that's what, why that's what i thought at first but mm -hmm. that you know I'm I'm a tester in real life, so you got to use that to I, your I, advantage. I out what what was the deal, and it was always when there was a lot of models on the screen mm -hmm. for it to render, it would slow itself down and also prevent new animations. Well, so, so the solution to that uh, Kito said, and I'm surprised you didn't try this. Just stick more RAM into the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me download some RAM real quick. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Check out for viruses. Oh, well, you got to be sure to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so something that uh, was my on my dislike list, which isn't, isn't super fair, but it goes to what you guys were saying about the difficulty. Those darn red demon guys that you see, like oh, yeah. the first one you see at the Red Furnace, I mean, I just had to just run away from them at some times. And I wish there was, unless you have the arrows, especially the homing arrows, they are nearly impossible, at least for me, to kill. Uh, they are just, there's no discernible pattern to them for wait, you to. Are you whining, says the man who beat the game? <laughs> I'm just trying to come down to your guys' level. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how gracious. <laughs> I did find a way to kill them very easily. Oh, you did? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I guess I can say very easily, but if you have full gold armor uh -huh. and you have the the dagger uh -huh. uh, and you charge it up, um, it does an AOE screen attack. Oh, uh, right? okay, sure. But here's the thing. Well, no, I'll get to my... So all you have to do, Francisco, is play the the game flawlessly until you get to those demon things, and you, it's just a shoe in. You can is that it? Oh, you can, Francisco, you can destroy them. All you have to do is play a perfect game, and then yes. when you get to it, you you're you're in. You got it. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I'm. Let me write this down. Perfect game, and you're in. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm good. But I have a question for you, Francisco. When yes. you play the second time around, you have to have the bracelet to get yep. to the. Okay, we're gonna get so, to that. No, no, no. I have a question. Oh, okay. Um, is there a special power up for the bracelet? We're gonna get to that, Paul. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. I'm just leading. I'm creating anticipation for the listener. You know what, Lil Ron? Yes, I did use save states to get to my victory. But that's because I don't have all the time in the world that I did when I was a younger 10-year-old when this came out. So what do you want from me? For you to be younger. You know what, <laughs> Paul? Let's get to something. Oh, yeah. I just said the thing I didn't like was the demon guys. So let's go back to Nate. What's something else you didn't like? Um. Well, th this will show how long I actually played the game for. But... um. <laughs> I, last I checked, there there didn't appear to be any checkpoints during a level. 
Am I mistaken? Um, there is kind of like, for instance, if you get to, if you get past the, the demon I was just talking about on the transition from the boiler room or the furnace room to the pillar room, yeah. as long as you have lives, you will start at the pillar part of that. Mm-hmm. And there's some other sort of, uh, uh, Places like, halfway, like that, right? like kind of like a halfway point. Okay, yeah. so kind of like a halfway point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, so there you go. That you can pretty much see how far I like <laughs> even on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I don't like this game, <laughs> <laughs> but but and and so I, I basically was playing it again to confirm the fact that I didn't like it playing when I was a twelve year old, uh. and sure enough, I I didn't like it. So so. I, you know, I gave it the old college try. That's right. And, uh, and I must have never hit that first, even the first checkpoint on that first level thing because oh, that really? thing just tricked so- me off beyond <laughs> anything. And, uh, so yeah, but the fact that I don't know, they're just there to me, there wasn't enough checkpoints. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Well, and I, it sounds like it would be nice if there was an obvious way to tell if you reached a checkpoint. Yeah. Or, or if you, or if you switch, cause I started on normal and, and, and I switched to beginner and I, I frankly couldn't see that much of a difference at uh, all. Okay. I, yeah. I, I thought it'd be nice. It, you know, what do they, what do they do? They program less hits. If you're I think that's what it is. I, I don't or know. They program like the, the, the enemies are weaker. I think a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's just um, a gradual slope up to the princess, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, you just walk. You just have to walk up like, and eventually get to the princess. That's yeah. easy. <laughs> for, for me, I think it would have been neat if for the beginning setting, they took whatever checkpoint they had in normal mm-hmm. and then they cut it in half, like 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 make quarter checkpoints yes, or something. That would be and nice. Then yeah. That truly would have been like an easier. It should have been poles with the ribbon. And yeah. someone yelling checkpoint. Right. <laughs> well, cause, cause I didn't, I like, like, like you, Francisco, I played on the super NES classic mm-hmm. as well. And I it really wasn't until like after half an hour that I was like, wait a minute, this has save states. But, but I, I didn't, I don't know. For some reason, I just was like, no, I didn't have save states when I was 12. I'm going to do this. Darn it. So I never, I never used the save states. Uh-huh. And I, I probably might've enjoyed the game a little bit more if i could have save state and sure. actually progressed a bit longer mm-hmm. but um anyway that all comes back to checkpoints for me totally fair and you know what? i i i would have been i would not have persisted in trying to beat this game if i didn't have save points and i or save states and i feel like save states actually made it a bit too easy like i save stating like every every essentially checkpoint pretty much because i thought it was just gonna be so difficult to get through but i actually was able to get through it a, l- a little easier than I-, I thought. I'm trying not to sound so <laughs> surprised. I'm trying to think of a way to say it so it's not like, well, look at me. I'm so good at games, guys. Um, but a little run says, Nate is now my hero for not using save states. So you <laughs> you come out ahead. The cheater I, I am is down at the bottom. Only because I forgot they were available, don't I? But when I did realize it, I was like, no, I, I, I did. I, this one time I did dig, dig, dig in and uh, say I wasn't going to, wasn't going to do it this time. Well, I appreciate that, Nate. Good job. <laughs> uh, then let's go next to Kitos. What's something else you didn't like? Uh, my thing kind of goes along the same lines. Um, it, I, at first I wasn't using save states and, I think by the like 
maybe 20th time I got to the same, like, sa- same area, the, you know, the raft and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, there's, I can't get farther than this. I literally, like, I'd always die. I was still figuring things out, but uh-huh. it was like the, the progression wall was so difficult because I'd have to restart over yeah. and then get all the way back there, mm-hmm. then start the learning process just to die and then go all the way back. And so it really just like got so irritating doing that. Sure. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to save state at the beginning of levels and mm-hmm. go from there. Okay. And, yeah. and so that, that's what I did. And exactly what you were saying, Francisco, is like, once you do introduce save states, it almost becomes a little too easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I felt like I could go through it pretty fast. And once I started doing that, mm-hmm. I was able to like get back to the same area and learn it much faster and then mm-hmm. get through it. Yeah. And um and so I it's weird because the game I guess my dislike is the fact that the game is too hard without save states and too easy with save states. Do you think something like what Nate was saying of having checkpoints at the quarter points would have made it a bit easier? I I think would've it would have like made that... it a bit easier, but I almost feel like it would do a very similar thing to save states. Oh, so oh, right. you'd still end up at the same problem. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I, a little I, bit less so since you'll run out of lives, but yeah. then at the same time, they drop a lot of extra lives. I don't at least oh. in, in my playthrough. I was I like I was mostly getting the little armors mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of uh, like upgrades or weapons and all that. Oh, stuff. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know about that, but okay, that's fair. So, yeah, apparently they need to work on some more of a happy medium to make this yeah. game uh, better for but, everyone. I mean, the safe states didn't exist back then, so I mean. Well, yeah. No, no, they did. You paused, went away for a while, and came back. That was your safe state. Safe make sure the power doesn't that's go out. <laughs> Mom, why'd you turn off my game? <laughs> That's my save state. Save what? No, oh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, that, that leaves uh, one more thing I disliked, which was having to play this game twice <laughs> was really annoying. I mean, I would have loved it if they just made the, like, all, you know what? Okay. It'd be great if they could actually make a whole another set of levels that look completely different or, rejiggered the the levels they had but if they backwards that's what i was gonna say if they i get their out of memory just flip the whole thing and you're just going backwards or you're just playing each level in reverse or something like that just something to make it a little different because i felt like it was just really uh tiresome to just go back to essentially this uh arcade mechanic of like donkey of your donkey kongs and your pac-mans if you just Oh, you you beat the game? Play it all over again. Get that high score. Have fun. I did not like that at all. So that was something else I disliked. If you didn't like the game, you're not going to really like playing it a second time? <laughs> Imagine that. That would be cool. Just have the, the, the you escort the princess back. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, you're actually that that really adds a whole nother element and would make it even more that'd be more challenging than yeah. this whole uh trying to just play through the whole game again. But yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I like it. I like it, guys. Now, let's get to the things I definitely do not like or none of us like are tragic makers. What what is the worst about this game, guys? Uh let's start with Paul. Um 
I had the fortunate or unfortunate experience of playing the original Ghosts and Goblins on the arcade machine. Mm-hmm. And the With- response okay. time on the arcade for the original one is very quick. Like, oh. you jump and you fire. Like, you, you're not limited on the the things, the ammo as much. So the responses on the controls, like, and the jumps are, are great. So when I go in and play this game, it, it, I feel handicapped. Like I'm slowed down. Like I'm going through mud almost. And that's oh, not just on. Oh, yeah. That's not just because I played on the emulator this time, but I, when I played it originally and the and SNES, mm-hmm. you know, spent years trying to even get halfway through this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see why that would be an issue and how, yeah, especially the arcade has so much more, so much RAM just popped into it that it downloaded. But, <laughs> but it felt like Mega Man, the way it jumps smoothly. Um, the, the arcade the, one did? The arcade. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. So if this had that, I think it would have been much more, um, less frustrating to play through. Okay, okay. So so the hardware limitations and having that comparison in mind is really... The- I, I don't think it's a hardware limitation. They purposely did it because it works oh. this way with, you know, Mega Man X, like... You know the controls yeah, this, and everything. This was almost a launch game. I think Mega Man X came out. Okay, a this works. This later. they didn't have that problem with Super Mario World. <laughs> Point. Uh, I don't know what to say about, but I will say, Nate, what's it, your tragedy? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, we'll skip over that entirely. Um, don't call attention to it. Oh, sorry. Terribly sorry. Um, my it just it kind of goes with what everybody's been saying. For me, it was. Mm-hmm. It was too difficult mm-hmm. to care about wanting to get through it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The princess isn't I, enough. Okay. <laughs> while, while, I was, while I was playing it, I was comparing it to, if, uh, if anybody's played Cuphead, yes. which I absolutely love Cuphead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what, what makes Cuphead different? Because yeah. Cuphead is, is punishingly difficult yeah and, and when you die in a level you do you go all the way back to the beginning there yeah. is no there's no midway point i mean the levels are definitely shorter I yeah think, yeah yeah um the graphics but well it, like the style i think made you know made that made me want to get through it and everything but but also like i go back to the controls of the character mm-hmm. cuphead had extremely precise controls where you jump because you have to jump through bullet hell (laughs) most of the the game and and so i think i think the the castlevania controls of this one and the difficulty and the fact that i just know there's so many other choices now i didn't have those choices when i was 12 true yeah like oh i i rented this game i i guess i'm in it to win it sort of thing you know but but now I know that I can just turn it off or, you know, and I've got like 20 other games on my uh, Super NES Classic. And, and so for me, it's just like, I just don't want to invest the time and the energy and the disappointment it's going to take to get through this uh, this thing. For me, it was just it was it was too hard. And and I, while I do enjoy playing some games that are, are punishing like that, mm-hmm. this one, I was like, nope. I'm just, I just, I just, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not going to dedicate more time and, and 
to try and memorize everything and patterns and all that other, all that other stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I can totally appreciate that because if I wasn't, if I didn't make it my goal to beat every game on, on stream, right. then I probably wouldn't have dedicated the time to this because it is, it's, it's not, it certainly doesn't have the same level of charm as something like Cuphead or yeah. even other, uh, I'm trying to think of what other challenging games there have been on the Super Nintendo that it's like, oh man, this is so frustrating, but I still want to play through it. Um, yeah, I think, I think that what the programmers, again, I don't want to talk about an entirely different game, but I'm, I'm just trying to do a comparison. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with Cuphead, they did a very good job making you feel this, just this sense of accomplishment when something was done. And, and if I, if I passed a marker in Super Ghouls and Ghosts, I'm just like, well, got, eight more stages of this, <laughs> this punishing thing. Right. I didn't, yes. I, I didn't feel like encouraged to continue. I just felt like, uh, okay, let's I'll see, see this stage again after the next game over. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was just, that was enough to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to do it for me. Totally get that. Uh, let's go with, uh, Kitos's tragic maker and then I'll inform Paul about what the real tragic maker is. Oh, I see. <laughs> Uh, uh, for me, uh, I think you put it best, Nate. There's like so many other choices mm-hmm. that it, yeah. it's <laughs> you, you start comparing the game to everything else, and and for me, I think the real tragic maker uh, for me is that the story. Uh, I know it's supposed to be a simple story, but it doesn't. There's no like resonating with me at yeah, all like yeah, yeah. other games of the era still had great stories even Mega Man X and it's not that great but it's still kind of it has something some there's a father son connection there I yeah. love Mega Man X yes. yeah and yeah that, that game is extremely difficult at the end but yet I feel motivated to beat it every uh-huh. time. yep yeah yeah absolutely uh, yeah and that one technically had save states with the password thing. But. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, but yeah, but anyways, <laughs> you can listen to the, the other episode. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash five. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, no, just the the story of it. You know, there's just not much there. You're you're literally a knight going to save a princess who's been kidnapped, and that's it. And then when you actually get her, that that's it. Like you don't know who this big bad is. You don't know mm-hmm. really anything. It's just I think well, that's it, it supposed felt to be like covered just... in the sequel. <laughs> the search for more money. I think those are things that are covered in the instruction manual. Actually, it does talk a little bit when I was trying to form the intro to this. Uh-huh. They they do go into sort of the story in the instruction manual. But what kid's gonna read the instruction manual? And plus, I I mean, I think I'm curious if this would have helped. If like as you're going, like maybe when you meet those red demons, they actually mock you and talk to you and like say how, oh, you're not gonna get through, you're not gonna push through, just give up now. The princess is ours, or things like that. If there's more story in that aspect, do you think that would have drawn you in a bit more? Uh that's hard to say. No. I, I uh <laughs> I don't think it, it would, but I mean, I, I don't know. Um I think what it felt like is that the game was made for arcades and they wanted to extract all the story away from it and just put it in so people could just play and play. And That's play. exactly right. That's exactly right. The game and, was designed uh, to be a quarter gobbler. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, story that that's what, yeah. And since I played this game on SNES, it was a different environment for me. Like I, you know, I wasn't thinking 
oh, it's supposed to be quarters. So yeah, I'm yeah. looking to kind of get a get something out of the game, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like it leaves something inside me. You want to become like, more invested in it, and this yeah, is just very yeah. surface level. Yeah, yeah exactly, I, exactly. I totally see that. That's a good point. But it's not the most tragic thing about this game. <laughs> Do tell us, Francis. Actually, please enlighten us. In all honesty, that probably is more tragic than what I'm going to say. But I'm going to maintain my pride here and say <laughs> that, okay, so you played through this game once. If you've never played this game, you have to essentially play through it twice to beat it for real. You play through it once, you beat the second to last boss, and you find out that from the princess that sh- the reason the demons took her is that she had this bracelet of the goddess, which has all the power that the demons want, essentially. She was wearing that. She didn't know how powerful it was. But somehow she learned about that, and she dropped it on the ground on the way to while she was being taken. So you have to go back to the very beginning. Essentially, the story says, she says, you have to find it and come and get me. So you start at the very beginning, and then you're going through and playing through the game all over. So you eventually can find the, this bracelet uh, in the all normal chest all over. I mean, it comes up randomly just like all the other weapons. However, this weapon, the goddess bracelet, which is apparently as powerful as a goddess. Power, powerful? That's supposed to be. I, I think that's something that's like that would be super powerful. It's just it's not a very long distance shot. It stops short. It doesn't go very far. It, it's fairly powerful if it does hit. The closer you're, you are to the yeah, thing you're hitting, say, it does more it, damage. It is very... I think it's the most powerful one if you're standing if you're right close. in front. Yeah. yeah. The, great. Well, that's fine and dandy. Most of these guys you want to kill from a distance. Right. But the, 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 the worst part of it is there's no, there's no power-up for it. There, you can't charge it up at all with gold armor. It does nothing. It's, it's inert in that. Which is so frustrating. Why is this thing that's supposed to be so great so sucky? And so that's especially, and it especially comes to light how horrible this weapon is when you have to play the second to last boss for the 100th time because he keeps killing you because you can't shoot him from a distance with those homing arrows like you really wish you could or the laser daggers in Kido's case. So, uh, that, that. So, it, is there a special? That you can power up the, the no, bracelet? No, I just said no. You can't right. power it up. There's no right. powering it up. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I guess the, the game developers didn't have enough RAM. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the reason, yes. They haven't, or they hadn't quite developed that Super FX chip. They needed that in order to make a really awesome, epic uh, charge-up attack. Oh my gosh, guys. Well, so those were the things that we disliked and hated most about Super super Ghouls and Goblins. But ghouls now that we've... Ghosts. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Sorry. What did I say? Goblins? No, I didn't. Ghouls and Goblins. Whatever. Yeah. Going on. Ghosts and Goblins is the original. Now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Maybe. As you just screen out on me. Okay, here we go. Well, that's because you didn't include it the first time. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. Okay, guys, do we rate Super Ghouls and Ghosts? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go and play this game. I like play on your Super Nintendo Classic if you have one. Get it on the Switch Online SNES store, however you can play it. It's definitely worth your time to play. 
and nostalgic, it's worth your time revisiting if you remember it fondly as a kid or whenever you played it before. But if you've never played it before, maybe go play some like a Cuphead or something else. Or do we rate it a tragic? We'd recommend no one play this game. Even if you think you remember liking it, you probably won't like it today. And if you've never played it before, yeah, definitely keep this one buried underground. Unlike the zombies, which keep popping out. So let's start with uh, the one and only. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that title. (laughs) Let's start with Nate. How do you rate? Since you sort of already tipped your hat a little bit, but how do you rate Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Well, you know, if it it was just just me, uh, which it should be. Because you're the one and only. As far as my opinion goes, I, I would have rated it a tragic, but I do I do recognize that enough people I think had fond memories of the game. I think it's nostalgic. I think it's worth a try. Um, just uh, you know, and I, I had to play it again to to remember that I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. it's it's not it's got some good things to it, but it's just not anything that I would choose to play again if I had the choice with all the other things out there. So absolutely, I don't say people should avoid it entirely it's just uh yeah they could they could give it a try and see if they like something that difficult a little piece of um super NES history that i think is important to have it's just not for sure me. nice uh, i'm curious in the pantheon of capcom games does this uh what game would you say is worse than this worse than this yeah or would you put this at the bottom uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to remember too what Capcom all all made and everything, but soccer. I mean, I, what's that? Soccer. Mega Man Soccer. So I've I've enjoyed most things that that uh, Capcom has made, but yeah, this would definitely be near the bottom. If okay. if not, I think the bottom. So. All right, all right, fair, fair. Uh, now let's go to our other guest, Kitos. How do you rate Super Ghouls and Ghosts? I would rate. And I would rate Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Ghosts. Yes. <laughs> now, now you're confusing me. Um, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Tragic. <gasps> Whoa, tragic. Yeah. Why? I, I. Is this my first tragic maker? No, not for it. No, you've done one for a game before. You, uh, Super okay. Super Star Wars. You did tragic oh, also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is, this unfortunately, I thought it would be nostalgic, but playing back through it and knowing the choices that were even out there at the time of the game, like Mega Man X or mm-hmm. a ton of other things, uh, it's just not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as good as I, I remembered it being. Um, the mechanics were okay. Um, mm-hmm. but other games did them better Mm -hmm. um there was more substance to other games Mm -hmm. there is just there's too many too much other stuff that other things do better um and i feel like especially for people playing it today even people who have played in the past i would not recommend them play it again Mm -hmm. i feel like if anything this game deserves a reboot that -hmm. could maybe do something better Uh, um but i don't I wouldn't recommend anyone playing it anymore. I mean, you may have some nostalgia for it, but I think if you revisit it, you might lose some of that nostalgia. 
Fair. Which is the definition of tragic. Yeah, yeah. indeed. All so. right. Cool, Kidos. And how about you, Paul? Um, I rated, I predicted nostalgic and I actually enjoyed playing it, revis- replaying it again. Um, but not to the extent of calling it a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, if they fix the controls and the difficulty, uh, yes, I would call this a classic, mm-hmm. but they didn't. So, I- <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's your rating? I missed it. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Okay. So I'm very mixed, guys. I, here, here's I'm sort of I'm sort of torn like a lot of you, though in a completely different way. I had so much satisfaction beating this game. <laughs> was this your first time beating it? This is my first time beating it. I never okay. beat it before. I, as humble as I am, no. Um, I I I I just it was so satisfying to beat this huge towering big demon guy, which. Actually, that should have made one of my dislikes because he's not very hard. For a final boss, he's not very hard. You find the pattern pretty quickly and you can dispatch him. How long it takes to get to him is so hard. That's why beating him is so satisfying. And yeah, that's why it's probably you don't want something that's unconquerable at the end. That's fair. Right. Uh, But uh, I think that's sort of colored my... It's it's giving me sort of rose-colored or zombie-colored glasses for this game. So I, I don't know if I want to trust that because, yeah, after what we've been talking about, I don't think it's quite, it's not a Mega Man X. It's not anything to that level. I don't see myself going back and wanting to play this again. No, there you so, go. yeah, I, I'd say, I'd probably say nostalgic. If you remember liking it, it's worth picking up again, like checking out what the weapons do. Oh, yeah, I remember the flames were, were the best. Oh, wait, no, Paul was right. The arrows were the best. Um, Just stuff like that. So... I guess given all so nostalgic for me, in case that wasn't obvious. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Super Ghouls and Ghosts a disputed nostalgic game. If you enjoyed it before, might might be enjoy playing a little bit of it again. But if you've never played it before, go play Cuphead or Mega Man X or some of the other games we've mentioned. All right, guys, it's time to get back to our own time. Good old twenty XX. That's also a Capcom game. Headset online. Receiving incoming transmission. So, Francisco, didn't isn't there a feature of actually rewinding? There is, yes. And would you have beaten this game without that feature? Because I know there are a couple places at the end that you did some rewinding. I think if I had the time, I could have. Oh, okay, I think yeah, if you had I more think, time. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like I it's not like even with those then I wasn't able to beat it. I think right. save states and and rewinds just allow you to essentially your your um defeating the if random you had four more years to totally devote to this, you would get it. All right, all right. All right, I'm glad you come to my yeah. side here. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that well that's something that I didn't I didn't bring up during the dislikes, oh, but guys, I feel like we're being sucked back into 1991. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, no, like once you actually figured out an enemy, they were pretty easy. Like, yeah. I didn't really find them too difficult. Mm-hmm. And well, it's when you didn't know what to do, they were impossible. Mm-hmm. But then once you kind of figured it out, it's like, uh, it's really not that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you don't arrive at the same time, you have more, <laughs> Like the exactly. AI was all, yeah, all over yeah. the place. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, but that, yeah. 
Yeah. But our discussion of Supergirls and Ghosts is over for now because we're back in our own time. Feels good to be back finally. But we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1991 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors. Namely, Jared Holosauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, the Feel and Film Podcast, Peter Panda, uh, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, Daryl Hafner, Kevin Joshua Burnham, Drew of the Cellcast, Pastor Dusen, and Ashley Cronenbitter, in addition to three other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you, yes, you listening right now, want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to see how. And while we're thanking our supporters, we want to give a big medieval hug to our subscribers on Twitch, which is kind of uh, torturous, but <laughs> it's also an, another way to, to send us a couple bucks a month, and if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. You can find out how at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Twitch Prime. Yeah, and I want to call out chat in here. We have several people here that are subscribed to the Twitch channel. Thank you all for being here. Love getting to hang out with you. Wish we could chat more while we're doing this these podcasts, but I love getting to chat with you guys when we're playing games. So Thanks for being here and watching this. Uh, and I would like to keep this gratitude train going because we love hearing from you, be it our iTunes reviews, comments on our website, or through our contact form. And and uh, unfortunately, we don't have any new feedback from you, but it's always great when we get to have that from you. Any listener feedback goes here. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us. Take a breath, Francisco. RetroRewindPodcast.com is the place to find links to contact us and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. We currently have the up on the Reddit, Paul's going to mention this, but we have the random rewind, so you can pretty much put any movie that doesn't fit the anime or the sci-frights or the winter mist sections. You can you can nominate them all there. I think we even had in chat tonight, someone mentioned a movie, why don't you cover this? Go to our Reddit and put it in there. Then cool. you can, then we can vote up and down, or everyone can vote up and down those nominated movies. Avengers uh, Endgame, here we come. They have to be 15 years or older, Paul. Oh, there are still stipulations. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's not the only place you can reach us. Paul, where else can people find the show? And also yourself. They can find me here, and they can find me there. But feel free to talk to us and share anything you like or find funny that's 15 years or older. On our social media, we are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Also, I mentioned and Francisco mentioned we are on Twitch. You can watch and chat with us live as these fine folks are doing right now as we record this very podcast, this very episode. You can watch Francisco continue to play the retro video games with the... Wait, he's going through the Super Nintendo ones. You yes. Know. And, uh, yeah. But uh, he also plays uh, not so retro games, but looks like retro games <laughs> on Saturcade. Yes. <laughs> uh, creating pixel art uh, sometimes. But anyway, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. And in addition, you can go to our subreddit, which Francisco mentioned, which is slash r slash retro rewind pod to nominate and vote on our upcoming movies. 
But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com. So stop by and say hi. Awesome, Paul. I Thank you for mentioning Saturday Kid Adventures, by the way. If that's the first time you're hearing this, essentially Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific, I play old. Ga- I play games of sort of the modern era. I play Cuphead, for instance. Nate mentioned Cuphead. I've also I'm also playing games called Aquaria and uh, Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap. They're essentially games that have a very cartoon style to them. They remind you of Saturday morning cartoons of yesteryear, but they came out today. So we're going for a Saturday morning cartoon vibe. If you miss having Saturday morning cartoons, I would definitely recommend heading on over to Twitch.tv/RetroRewindPod. Checking us out Saturday mornings. We play for a couple hours each morning. In the new year, it should be three hours each morning. But for now, it's just two hours. But that'd be it'd be great to see you over there. Uh, but I so hopefully we get to hang out with you. But I love getting to hang out with my best friend Paul. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you so much, and thanks for being my friend, co-host. Uh, Likewise, a, a night that's that I pounding my heart. Don't want love. to fong. Okay, that's great. As a Knight's Tale reference for anyone that didn't get it. Uh, but uh, I appreciate getting to do, do this show with you since I apparently didn't say that enough. Yes. And likewise, same <laughs> to you and more of it. Yes. More yeah. of it. Hooray. And thank you also to our fine guests we have joining us today. So uh, thank you for being part of our show. Nate Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a blast. Of course. Yeah. So please tell us how people can find you online if there's anything else you'd like to promote. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you can find me on uh, Twitter uh, at Nate Voices. Uh, also, I do uh, recording voiceover recordings on uh, the Fiverr website. So you can head to Fiverr.com slash Nate Henderson if you want a professionally professional sounding recording of any sort. Just uh, message me and let me know. He is an awesome voice actor, voiceover artist. Definitely seek out Nate if you need someone. Also has a very nice singing voice, especially when he's (laughs) singing something that sounds like Carmen Sandiego. (laughs) (laughs) And also we want to thank Kitos, our game correspondent, for rejoining us again for this super ghouls and ghost games as tragic as he thought it was. <laughs> I know. Bring me back for the, uh, the most <laughs> tragic game. So please tell us how people can find you and if there's anything you like to promote. Uh, people can uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at CoolDeluxe. That's Q-O-O-L-D-E-L-U-X-X. Um, and currently, nothing to promote. Everything's under wraps at the moment. Do you want to promote your Twitch stream? Oh, uh, yeah, you can also find me on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash cooldeluxe. Which I'll also put in chat here if you want to go give him a follow. Thank you so much to Nate and and Kitos. It's so fun getting to have you. And thanks again for being part of this seven-year anniversary episode. Yeah, seven years. But that's not all. I mostly appreciate you. Yes, you listening this very second, whether you're doing push-ups, whether you're driving to work, whether you're up late with a baby, whatever you're doing right now, thank you so much for listening. And whether you're part, this is your first time listening to the show or you're a part of our Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us. And we pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX. 
and you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at CGC or our website, but but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Alright, if you're still listening, congratulations, you made it this far. You have to now go back to the very beginning of the episode and start all over again and make sure you pick up the bracelet along the way. Good luck with that. All hail, dauntless knight Arthur, who must once again survive the depths of the ghoul realm on a quest to save Princess Guinevere. On this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for super ghouls and ghosts, 1991. Prepare to rewind in three, two, I don't know why you need it, but you do. (laughs) 